This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah al-qa'il. Alladhina yunfiquna amwalahum bil-layli wal-nahari sirraw wa'alaniyah. Falahum ajruhum inda rabbihim. Wala khawfun alayhim. Wala hum yahzanun. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبد الله ورسوله صلى الله وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى الآل والصحب الكرام يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما ألا فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكما ورد في الرواية وكل ضلالة في النار ألا فاتقوا الله عباد الله وتمسكوا من الإسلام بالعروة الوثقى واحذروا غضب الرب فإن أجسادكم على النار لا تكوى O servants of Allah and O children of Adam, we begin as we always begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the best of all praises for he is the owner of all praises for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Hamid. We praise him and we seek his assistance and we seek his guidance and we seek refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and the adverse consequences of our deeds. We testify that whomsoever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomsoever he misguides, then none can guide. And we request praises and blessings upon the final messenger, our master, our teacher, our leader, subhanallah, Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us with him in al-firdaus. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. I bear witness that there's no one worthy of worship besides one Allah, and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. Brothers and sisters in Islam, yet... Another Friday, another Friday with our masajid closed. Another Friday in which we will perform the Dhuhr prayer in our homes instead of Salatul Jumu'ah. Today, brothers and sisters in Islam, in our lesson in which we take moments from the life of the Prophet wasallam, I relate to you a hadith found in Sahih al-Bukhari and Sahih Muslim and a narration that goes back to Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, the cousin of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a faqih of the ummah, subhanallah, and a mufassir for this ummah, subhanallah, a boy who was only 13 years old when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam passed away, but he grew up to be a leader in the science of fiqh and a leader in the science of tafsir for this ummah and the one who the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua for when he said, Allahumma faqihhu fi al-deen wa'allimhu al-ta'wil, that, O oh Allah, make him a faqih, make him have an understanding of the religion and grant him the ability to understand and explain the meanings of the Qur'an. This sahabi radiyallahu anhuma, 
he narrates to the Ummah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, كَانَ النَّبِيُّ sallallahu alayhi wa sallam أَجْوَدَ مَا يَكُونَ Subhanallah. And he says, وَكَانَ أَجْوَدُ فِي رَمَضَانِ حِينَمَا يَلْقَاهُ جِبْرِيلُ فَيُدَارِسُهُ الْقُرْآنِ He says that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was described with the description of Jude. And inshallah, I'll explain the meaning of Jude to you just now. And he had the greatest ability with this quality of Jude. And he was even more amazing with regards to this quality in the month of Ramadan, when Jibreel used to meet him and together they would revise the Quran. Subhanallah. Jude, brothers and sisters in Islam, is a quality that is not separated from the quality of karam. And that is a quality that we describe in the English language as being generous. Being generous as the scholars of Islam teach us, brothers and sisters in Islam, is the ability to give with ease. But Jude, brothers and sisters in Islam, as Al-Hafid ibn Rajab, rahimahullah, teaches us, is the ability to give with ease and without measure. And this is the reality of the Prophet ﷺ. His entire life was a life of being able to give with ease and without measure. And in Ramadan, subhanallah, he had an even greater intensity of our understanding of one's ability to give with ease and without measure. Why? Because he was even closer to the Qur'an than he was in other months. And we learn from those brothers and sisters in Islam that subhanallah, the Qur'an has an effect in our lives. The closer we are to it, the more quality we will find in our character and in our speech and in our ability with ourselves and in our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our relationship with the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the more closer we get to it, subhanallah, the even greater in intensity our character and reality becomes. And the more distant we are from the Qur'an, then the opposite meaning is true. The further we go away from the Qur'an, the further we find a reduction in terms of the quality of our character and our relationship with ourselves and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, from the outset, when this quality of karam and jude, of being generous with ease and being generous without measure is discussed, very quickly our minds go to the concept of money and our ability to distribute money and give for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is true. And we normally find, even in the books of Islam, the quality of jude and karam having an association with the concept of giving. And even in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, when these qualities of being generous and generous without measure and generous with ease, these qualities are discussed, we see it discussed in relation to how the Prophet ﷺ gave without measure. We have the famous narration of Anas ibn Malik, uh, عن, one of the uh, most uh, elder Sahaba, and he was from the Sahaba who passed away uh, towards the end of the generation of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum ajma'een. He says that once a Bedouin came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and this Bedouin asked for wealth, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave him the livestock between two mountains, subhanallah. He was so amazed that he returned to his people, and he said, O oh my people, aslimu, enter into Islam, fa'inna muhammadan yu'ti ata'an. لا يخشل فاقة سبحان الله. He says that become Muslims for indeed Muhammad gives the giving of a person who doesn't fear poverty. لا إله إلا الله. 
And we know who Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was in terms of his financial standing and his material well-being. But subhanallah, he gave with ease and without measure. In fact, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum ajma'een teach us that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam used to tell people that if I had this amount of wealth or if I had this amount of wealth, I would have given you this and that. That subhanallah, he used to even imagine being generous without measure and with ease to people in the event that he had wealth with him, subhanallah. This was the reality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But I highlight today, brothers and sisters in Islam, with regards to these two qualities, other uh, associations from the life of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, for attached to his ability to give without ease and to give without measure, brothers and sisters in Islam, was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam's da'wah, or his ability as a da'i, was the emotions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam towards the ummah, the believing ummah and the disbelieving ummah. For we also find, subhanallah, when we study his da'wah, la ilaha illallah, how generous he was and how he would want to give with ease and without measure, irrespective of the harms that came to him as a result of this. Take brothers and sisters in Islam, for example, Ta'if. He went to Ta'if after being persecuted in Mecca, after being sanctioned, after losing his wife, after losing his greatest supporter, his uncle. And the Muslims were sanctioned for years, subhanAllah. He had to live as a human being. He was a human being. He had emotions. He had to see the breast milk drying in the breasts of mothers, all because they followed his message and they accepted La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. No doubt this had uh, this created a burden upon him. He had to see people go hungry, people go without medicine. And in some discussions pertaining to the sanctions that affected the Muslims, people even eating leaves. After all this, he doesn't give up his da'wah. He goes to Ta'if and he's stoned in Ta'if. And even after that, he doesn't give up his da'wah for when Allah gave him the ability to command for two mountains to come together and crush the people of the valley for their uh, difficulties towards him for their persecution of him subhanallah we see the generosity and the ability to give with ease and without measure of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his da'wah he opts to leave people as they are and make excuses for them that they are people who don't know ya allah they are people who don't understand and perhaps their progeny subhanallah will grow up and understand better and they will be from the family of la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah subhanallah brothers and sisters in islam look at the fruits of giving without measure for the sake of allah and giving without ease look at the people of taif today look at the people of mecca today centuries after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam passes away and these lands will be Muslim lands until the day of Qiyamah. La ilaha illallah. Brothers and sisters in Islam, this is the generosity of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam in his da'wah. Subhanallah, he was so concerned over the disbelievers and the fact that they will enter Jahannam, that, even, that despite their harm towards him, despite their arrogance towards his message, he would consider it some form of failure upon himself, that he would sit and ponder over his da'wah for the day and his failure in terms of gaining the shahada of the seniors of the Quraysh and the people of the Quraysh, that it would weigh down heavily upon him. He would feel the stress. And we know, brothers and sisters in Islam, how dangerous stress is to, to a human being. In fact, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions in the Quran, فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِئُ النَّفْسَكَ 
Subhanallah, an ayah that we will read today if we haven't yet read Surah Al-Kahf. فَلَعَلَّكَ بَاخِئٌ نَفْسَكَ عَلَىٰ آثَارِهِمْ إِلَّمْ يُؤْمِنُوا بِهَذَا الْحَدِيثِ أَسَفًا That are you going to cause a harm or even uh, death to overcome yourself because of their attitude towards your message? Allah says, فَلَا تَذْهَبْ نَفْسُكَ عَلَيْهِمْ حَسَرَاتٍ Don't let yourself lose yourself because of their arrogance. Don't cause your nafs to become lost, cause death to overcome you because of the severe stress and burden that you carry because of their actions towards you. But this was the Prophet ﷺ. Subhanallah. He was more concerned for them than they were over themselves. And his greatest happiness was them being from the family of Jannah, of Jannah and being saved from, from being from the family of the hellfire. He sallallahu alayhi wasallam never sat one day and said, Alhamdulillah, I have Abu Bakr, I have Umar, I have Uthman, I have Ali, I have Abu Ubaidah, I have, I have, and I have, and I have. So it's enough. Forget about the rest. This form of making excuses to cause yourself to, you know, to calm down in terms of, 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 of the maham in terms of the mission in front of you. Abadan abada. Never ever did he, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, take consolation and solace in terms of the Muslims that he had when he thought of the potential Muslims that were not Muslims yet. He was so generous and he had an amazing quality in terms of his generosity when it came to his da'wah. Even in his teaching, brothers and sisters in Islam, his teaching of the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was always known, not only to give us what we needed, or what we wanted rather, but also what we needed. And there's many examples in his own teachings. For example, when the people of the seas came to him and said, O oh Rasulullah, O oh Messenger of Allah, our water supplies are limited. And if we make wudu with our water, we will become thirsty. If we make the wudu, we will become thirsty. Can we use the water of the seas, the salty water, to, uh, uh, to use uh, for ablution? And the Prophet ﷺ, not only did he answer their question in terms of that which they wanted to know, but he gave them, uh, an, uh, within the answer, a lesson with regards to something that they needed to know. For he said, that the water of the sea is pure for you to use for your wudu. But also, the dead of the sea is permissible for you to eat. How generous was he, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, in his teaching, despite everything he had around him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, leading the, the, the first Muslim state, bringing about this da'wah, right? A da'wah uh, which, which never existed for a long time, especially in this region bringing about Tawheed, worrying about matters of Tawheed, and teaching people the reality of Tawheed. And brothers and sisters, not in normal environments, in environments surrounded by idols, it's like asking someone to cure malaria whilst the patient is, is drowning in malaria-infested waters. He was busy with the realities of the da'wah, subhanallah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But despite this, he was never ever too busy to teach. And in his teaching, he gave with ease, and he gave without measure, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Brothers and sisters in Islam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a husband, and we can go on and on, because this quality, it engulfs the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we know that his character was the Qur'an, and we know how close he was to the Qur'an. As Aisha radiallahu anha tells us, kana khuluquhu al-Qur'an, his character was the Qur'an sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Subhanallah, he was close to the Qur'an, so the qualities of the Qur'an, were prevalent in him and the intensity of the good qualities like that he had 
never existed in other people because no one got as close to the Quran as he did sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And as we mentioned in the hadith of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma at the beginning, when he met Jibreel in Ramadan and they revised the Quran, then subhanallah, they were even closer to the Quran. And we find that his ability to be generous without measure and with ease was even more intensified. In fact, in another narration, Ibn Abbas says that his generosity, his jude, it was like a, a cool uh, wind that only brings with it khair and goodness, abundant, beautiful rain, which, which leads to, uh, to the birth of abundant and plentiful crops. Subhanallah. This is, how the, this is the reality of the Prophet wasallam and the description of his character. Wasallam. The Prophet wasallam as a husband, my dearest brothers and sisters in Islam, we see the concept of generosity and Jude flowing through the veins of his reality as a husband. Subhanallah. For the Prophet never was a husband upon the paradigm of rights, but rather he was a husband upon the paradigm of responsibility. Subhanallah. Why? Because being responsible as a husband is closer to generosity and Jude, closer to the ability to give with ease and without measure. And we see this throughout uh, the stories with regards to him and his relationship with all his wives, radiallahu anhun, the mothers of the believers. May Allah gather us with them in Jannah. Ameen, ya Rabbil Alameen. But let's take a page from his life with Khadija, radiallahu anha. For when he married Khadija, radiallahu anha, the books of uh, history, uh, they, uh, they mention that uh, she had a child called Hind, right? And the Prophet ﷺ was not the father to this child. But the Prophet ﷺ raised this child as if he was this child's father. Subhanallah. This is being a responsible husband. Can you imagine what Khadija radiallahu anha felt when she looked at her husband, Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He didn't have to, but he was generous. He went beyond, even with regards to his interaction with other people. He went beyond. As a husband, he went beyond sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And no doubt she, radiallahu anha, was nurtured by this reality of this man that was in her home, her husband, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that she too had the ability to live with him upon the paradigm of responsibility. For we know when he married her, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, she was a rich person with a home, with financial standing and material well-being. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam worked for her. In fact, subhanallah, his generosity, his jude, the quality of his ability to be generous in his role as a trader was the reason why she, radiallahu anha, married him. Because she would always get good reports from the slave boy that she would send with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Maysara. He would always give her amazing reports of the Prophet ﷺ, how generous he was in his negotiations, how generous he was in his ability to listen to people uh, talking to him and negotiating with him, how generous he was in his ability to seal the deal, how generous he was in his ability to look after the money that was taken and be totally accountable for that which was in his care and placed with him as a trust. Subhanallah, that she loved this and this marriage took place with her wishing to be a wife to him. That after they got married, subhanallah, even though one could say it's a right for the husband to place a roof over the head of the wife, she didn't live in this marriage upon the paradigm of rights, but rather the paradigm of responsibility. 
that she allowed the Prophet ﷺ to make a home with her in her home. We don't see anywhere, brothers and sisters in Islam, that she was demanding rental money from her husband because it's his right to provide the home. So if you're staying in this home, you have to pay rent for the home. Someone might laugh at this and say, Subhanallah, who does this? But trust me, brothers and sisters in Islam, unfortunately, it does exist and it does happen. And that happens when people don't have Jude, they don't have Karam. They, they, they live within their marriage upon the paradigm of my right and your right. They live with other people with the paradigm of my right and your right. Even with the relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, subhanallah, sometimes it's a case of my right and your right. And it's from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us that he hasn't made us aware of our deeds being accepted after we do those deeds. It's a mercy. Imagine if we knew, subhanallah, imagine if we knew brothers and sisters in Islam, whether our deeds were accepted and rejected. What kind of relationship would we have with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? It would probably be a scorecard relationship upon rights, right? I got so much bonus, so I can be bad for so many days and it will make up, right? Who knows, subhanallah, right? This is, this is uh, uh, you know, in, in, in some cases, our nature, we've become more distant from the qualities of the Quran and the character that the Quran teaches and the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And Ramadan is coming. Perhaps we must say that from the mercy of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is that He lifted our knowledge of when Laylatul Qadr will be. Because imagine if we knew when Laylatul Qadr would be, we would only worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala during one night, right? This is what happens when things work upon rights and we don't transcend the realm of rights and move into the realm of responsibility. The Prophet ﷺ was responsible as a da'i. He was responsible, subhanAllah, as a husband. He was responsible as a teacher. He was responsible to the ummah, his ummah, subhanAllah. Brothers and sisters in Islam, our problems were a bigger problem for him wasallam, than that problem was for us. Listen to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes him. Allah says, لَقَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رَسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ عَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا عَنِتُّمْ حَرِيصٌ عَلَيْكُمْ بِالْمُؤْمِنِينَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Indeed, there has come from you a messenger. And Allah has sent you a messenger from you. That which bothers you, that which disturbs you, that which causes you stress is a major matter for him, is a bigger stress for him, is a bigger concern for him. Your sleepless night is a bigger sleepless night for the Rasul. Because he's so concerned over you. This is his quality as a human being. This is his generosity as a human being. He gives his emotions to others without measure and with ease. This is Jude, brothers and sisters in Islam. Subhanallah, harisun alaykum bil mu'minina ra'ufur rahim. And with the believers, subhanallah, he's ra'uf, he's gentle, and he's rahim, he's merciful. Moments with the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There's much that has been discussed in this episode, brothers and sisters in Islam. And there's much that can be done by us for the betterment of ourselves. We need to use these moments, brothers and sisters in Islam, to ask ourselves, do we live lives upon, or our lives, upon the paradigm of rights? Is that how we live? As long as things go my way, 
As long as I get what I'm supposed to get, nothing else matters. How are we with regards to our roles as a husband, as a wife, as a son, as a daughter, as grandparents, as relatives to other people, as community members to other Muslims? How are we in these roles? Are we in these roles upon the platform of rights or are we in these roles upon the sunnah application of us being in these roles and that is the role of responsibility when you don't do it because you have to do it but you do it because it's the right thing to do you do it because it's most beloved to Allah you do it because it's most beloved to the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam you do it because you live for the sake of Allah and every day of your living is your opportunity to build a bigger Jannah for yourself. You do it ultimately because it is ultimately the right thing to do. We need to have those contemplative moments with ourselves as we flick through the pages that release to us moments from the life of the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are in isolation. That's why we're having this talk. Others you would be in the masjid listening to it from the mimbar. You would have probably got to the masjid from work and your mind would have been busy. And if you were listening to the Jummah Khutbah, maybe you would be looking at your watch thinking, when is the Khatib going to end? Because I have to go back to work. Alhamdulillah, it's not so hectic like that. I do understand that people are working from home and it is hectic, but brothers and sisters in Islam, we have greater control of our time. It doesn't have to be as hectic as it was before lockdown. Take moments and contemplate. Now ask yourself, where are you going? And ask yourself, how are you getting there? Ask yourself about the love that you really have for the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And inshallah, it's sincere and true. We don't doubt this. But ask yourself, subhanallah, are we going to be judged based on feelings that we have in our heart towards the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Or are we going to really be judged based on what we did with regards to the love that we said we had of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Ramadan is days away. There's no better time to sit down and get a hold and grip of ourselves than now, brothers and sisters in Islam. So that we enter Ramadan with the wind of generosity, the wind of giving with ease, and the wind of giving with ease and without measure, not just with regards to our wealth, but also with regards to ourselves. This is the message for today, my dearest brothers and sisters in Islam. Everything corrected is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone and He's perfect. And any mistakes are from myself and shaitan. And I seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's forgiveness. I love you all for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And don't forget to increase in your sending of salutations upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa Not only today, but every day, but especially today, brothers and sisters in Islam. Given that our salutations to him will be presented to him. May Allah gather us with him in Jannah, forgive our past, inspire our futures. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. May Allah protect our health and bless us to witness Ramadan with the excitement we always have when we witness Ramadan despite the situations around us. May Allah cause us to remember the lesson from last week when we discussed the moments from the life of the Messenger and discussed the mercy of the Sharia upon us so that we set aside the whispers of Shaytan, those whispers that try to breed sadness within ourselves and cause us to lose the excitement that we should be having because Ramadan is coming. 
all because our masajid might be closed and so on and so forth. May Allah inspire us to remember those lessons and act upon those lessons too, insha'Allah. Once again, I love you all for the sake of Allah. Until next time, salamullahi alaykum. Wa rahmatuhu wa barakatuhu wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.